Go with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 2. We're just going to read three verses today. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 18. But before I go there, let me set it up. Mark chapter 2 is not deep into the writings of Mark. He's only written one chapter and 17 verses prior to what we're about to read. So that's not a lot of time to introduce us to who Jesus is. People were like you and I going, who is Jesus? Is he like every other rabbi? Is he another teacher? Is he someone special or is he ordinary? Am I going to buy into him or am I not going to subscribe to him? Am I going to follow him or am I just going to keep scrolling? They were asking similar questions. And so in Mark chapter 2, we're still getting to know Jesus, including why is he a little bit different than every other religious instructor I've ever met. That was the question they were asking in about 30, um, in about 30 AD. And so uh, uh, check this out. The Bible says in Mark 2, verse 18, once when John's disciples, um, that would be John the Baptist's disciples, and the Pharisees were fasting. Now let me point out, if you're new to Christianity, most people have heard of John the Baptist. And if you hadn't, he was the one who paved the way for Jesus Christ to come. He was actually one of Jesus' cousins, but he was a highly respected spiritual figure for people in that day. People who were far from God and near to God listened when John the Baptist spoke. So these, these people are coming up and they're asking, once when John the Baptist's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John the Baptist's disciples and the Pharisees do? In fact, it was their custom. They would fast two times a week. That means they would go without food and without their normal work two times a week. Look at your neighbor and say, that sounds like a little, a little much. They would do it two times a week. They're like, these guys over here are starving yourself. Your guys are eating all the time. Jesus Christ, why doesn't your people fast? And Jesus replied with an illustration or a metaphor. He said, let me explain it to you like this. Do wedding guests fast or go into mourning and weeping? Do they, do, do they fast while celebrating with the groom? If they were at a wedding and they were the groomsmen, would they be suffering while the groom is getting married? He says, of course not. They can't fast while they are with the groom, when the groom is with them. Now, he was setting us up for something you and I have knowledge into since we get the whole Bible, and he was writing it at this time. That he is the groom. The church is the bride of Christ. So he was talking about himself when he was saying, would the groomsmen suffer and go without when they're with the person celebrating? The answer is of course not and he said this but someday the groom will be taken away from them hint hint a cross crucifixion put him into you know the stone it gets rolled away three days later hint hint he's 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 hinting at something and he says when the groom is taken away from them then they will fast and so I wrote it this way just as a change of pace refreshed my love for my wife and my family you too need the same change of pace to refresh your love and concern for Jesus Christ. Like I said, it's only human nature to begin to take for granted the things that we love most. 
And one of the reasons fasting exists is it draws us near to God. So I want to preach a message this week called The Prayer of Proximity. We're in a series called Pray First. This is the second message called The Prayer of Proximity. Would you join me in prayer? God, I just pray you draw near to us. And I thank you that your word says as, you draw near, as we draw near to you, you come close. And I sense you in this room. I, I, I pray you be with everybody online, everybody here. And Father, you touch us and mold us into more of your image in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, you could say a big amen. So in this series, Pray First, my goal is to teach you how to talk with God. Maybe you feel like I already know how to do that like I did 20 years ago, and I realized, no, I don't. Because when they were like, hey, could you pray? I was just like, yeah, I got about five seconds of material, maybe 15 seconds at most. <laughs> Drop the mic and pass it on to somebody else. Not because I thought I had it going on, because I don't know what else to pray. Okay, And so I need somebody to help me pray, and you might have felt that way too. I'm not sure what to pray. Or maybe you've been praying for a very long time. My hope is to just stoke your fire a little bit so that your prayer life just comes inflamed once more. And so during this series, uh, we're going to be fasting starting today for 21 days. I'll talk about it a little bit more and praying for 21 days. And we want to give you this free resource. When you leave this auditorium today, make sure you get one of these. We give them out every single January because it has many different models of prayer. I'm teaching on just one model of prayer on how it could bless your prayer life if your prayer life has gone cold or stale or non-existent. And it's called praying through scripture. I have previously preached a message on praying the prayer of Jabez as well as the tabernacle prayer, and you can find them as resources on our website, liftsby.com pray, I think it is. If not, just click 21 days of prayer and fasting at the top menu, all right? And so I want you to get one of these, and I also think this is a great resource for you too if you'd like to go even further. It's called Walking with Numa. Many of you have bought this. That just means walking with the Holy Spirit, and this is just $5 in our resource center. We never charge you more than it costs us to get it. So we're not trying to nickel or dime you. We just want to put really good resources close to your hand. Amen? Sound good? Okay, so you could grab this at the resource. That doesn't sound good to you? Come on. You with me? All right. Listen, you can grab this at the resource center, or this is free for everybody on the way out. And I hope that it will bless you. But my goal for you is to show you how you can just pray through Scripture. When you read your word, it comes alive. When we turn the black and white words on the page into a personal prayer life, where we take it out of the first century and we put it into the 21st century, into our own context, okay? And let me show you how you could do that very easily. This is two ways I would pray through today's scripture, all right? Mark chapter 2, verses, what, what did we read? 18 through 20? Yep, I nailed it. Come on. 18 through 20, just three verses. Here's two ways I'd pray through this scripture, all right? Number one, it says in verse 20, someday the groom, a.k.a. Jesus, someday Jesus will be taken away from this earth, and then they will fast. So here's the one way I would pray. Number one, Jesus, I ask for your nearness. He had just said, 
When the groom is close, like when you're in his present company, if you're one of the disciples rolling around with him, well, there is not very much to weep about. Come on, we are partying every single day. I'm seeing miracles happen. I'm seeing lives being touched. I'm seeing people restored. I'm seeing mothers who have lost their child to death have their kid raised back to life. Come on, it's a party every day. Why would we be fasting? Why would we be weeping? Why would we we be throwing ashes on our head? Yes, they used to put ashes on their head sometimes because we're just celebrating all the time it's like a party every single day come on ain't no party like a holy ghost party because a holy ghost party don't stop come on oh it's going good some of y'all know what i'm talking about others like what okay i'm sorry i'll let my churchiness come out in other words they're praying a prayer of proximity jesus i want you to be near to me as near as a groomsman is to the groom I want to be close to you, and every once in a while, we must take evaluation of what matters most. Don't business owners take stock of what matters most? Don't professors and students take evaluation of what matters most? Don't coaches and athletes keep stats and evaluate what matters most? Shouldn't you in your marriage take evaluation of what matters most? And I think the brand new year is a great opportunity to evaluate spiritually what matters most. Here's how I pose it. How close am I to God? Am I farther or nearer than I used to be? Isn't that crazy how that can change from week to week? There are times where you're just like, hey, last week I wasn't very close to, to God. Come on. I, I, I had to hang out in the same room with certain uh, um, extended relatives, and I wasn't very Jesus-like in there, okay? Or, 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 but this, this week I am. But in general, our life, if, even if you haven't started a relationship with Jesus, let me help you out before you make a decision to follow him. We are never called to start with no relationship start a relationship with Jesus and then say, I got it from here. I'll just chill. My relationship with him when I gave my life to him in 2002 should not look like it does in 2023. It should be a constant walking up. Now, sometimes it feels like we're doing one of these, but I need to evaluate once a year. I stop for 21 days, and that's what we do as a church together. Ever since our existence, we stop for 21 days, and we change our pace by 21 days of prayer and fasting to just stop and reflect, am I further or nearer to God than I used to be? You ever felt like that before? Like, God, I used to hear your voice really clear. It almost seemed audible. Now I don't know where you are. God, I I can remember where I just felt like you were leading and guiding every single step I took. And God, I want that again because I don't know what decision to make and so we 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 too need to stop and take evaluation and because we tend to take for granted the ones we love most if we don't stop and evaluate i wrote it this way our zeal wears off you remember when you gave your life to christ if you've done that before and you start like dude every prayer meeting i'm at come on we're fasting let's go baby come on uh, um are we praying i'm gonna be there are, are you meeting this night i'm gonna serve i'm gonna i'm gonna give i'm gonna i'm gonna be a part of things and then after a while it's just like yeah i used to do that and yeah i used to be like that too and you look at other people's fire and you realize it has been a minute since i had that same zeal And so that's why we stop and we evaluate. And if you are in that place where you feel like I'm not where I was with God like I used to be, 
you're actually in decent company. Because the Bible is full of people who aren't as hot as they used to be. Yet the Bible says, do not be lukewarm. It says, return to your first love. It says that we should be passionate and on fire about him. But sometimes the Bible also describes people who lost it. Let me show you an example in the book of Haggai. Haggai is in your Old Testament. And it's the name of a prophet. If you don't know what a prophet is, a prophet is a, a person who could hear from God and be his mouthpiece to people. He could also hear from people and be a mouthpiece to God. And so a prophet was like an in-between between heaven and earth, and they would voice different things. And the people of Haggai's time were people of God, but they realized the colors of my world don't seem as bright as they used to be. Like whenever I go to harvest, the prophets aren't as uh, surplus as they used to be. Like the joy in my life is not what it used to be. The breakthroughs are not what it used to be. I don't know that I feel as close to God. They literally complained in Haggai chapter 1. And this is what the, the message version says in verse 8. Then God answered and directed them to evaluate their interests. And, and, and then God said through through uh, Haggai, here's what I want you to do. Climb up into the hills and cut some timber. Bring it down and rebuild the temple. Do it just for me. Do what you're about to do just for God. And he says this, honor me. You've had great ambitions for, say the next word with me, yourselves. You've had great ambitions for yourselves. For a long time. But nothing has come of it. I want you to remember that because I'm going to drop a spiritual principle that you need to remember from that verse. Your greatest ambitions have been for yourselves and yet nothing comes of that. He says, um, the little you have brought to my temple, I'm blown away. There was hardly anything to it. And why? Oh, pay attention to this. Because while you've run around, caught up taking care of your own houses, my house is in ruins. That's why. That's why the colors aren't as bright as they used to be. That's why the prophets aren't as luscious as they used to be. That's why you've got more anxiety than you used to because you've been building your own house and you forgot about building my house. In other words, I wrote it this way. Your zeal for me has drifted to you. Now, I want you to pay attention, guys. I've been in this camp, too. He's not saying you've walked away from God. He's not saying y'all aren't church people anymore. He's not saying you've forgotten about him. What he's saying is, I used to be number one in your life. Somewhere along the line, I drifted to number two or below. And you put yourself as number one. You've been building your own house. And it's not that God dropped off the grid. It's just been too long since you stopped to evaluate if you're taking for granted the things that you love the most. 
And I think the most important thing to take evaluation of is your relationship and your nearness, your proximity to God. God's saying, realize how far you've drifted from me and my house. It used to be about me and building my house. It used to be about building the kingdom of God. Now it's been about building your two-story house. Now it's been about building your reputation. Now it's been about building your social profile. Now it's about building your agenda. And I'm asking you to come back to your first love. And the Bible says that they heeded his advice, and I love what a few verses later says, God restored enthusiasm to every single one of them. Come on, the zeal came back. The fire came back. Can I get an amen? Tell your neighbor, let's get the fire back. Oh, come on, tell your neighbor, let's get the fire back. Whew, don't let the 30 service outdo you. Come on. You got a few more hours of sleep. Come on. We got some gusto. Here's a spiritual principle I want you to write down from this text. When we seek first the Lord, he adds all things. When we seek first ourselves, he adds nothing. Come on. When we seek first the Lord, he adds all things. Search your Bible and see if that's not true. But we also see that when we seek first ourselves, he adds nothing. It's like, I'm not going to bless that lest you not realize you have made yourself the God of your life. And I can't bless that because that won't bless you eternally. And so I'm going to withhold blessing until you realize that I alone am God. And when you do that, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Come on. Every time you put your hand to the plow, I will be with you. Wherever you set your foot, we will take ground together. Come on. I'm for you, not against you. But if you're going to make yourself God, I, I obligate myself to nothing. When you make me God, I, I provide all things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and see if he doesn't take care of all other things. Come on. For them, it was nearness by building the physical house of God. For you and I, nearness comes from building his house in our heart. How far have we wandered from devotion time? How often are we praying on our own? Is the only time we worship when this worship team leads us. Come on, we've got to come back to a proximity where I'm close to him all the time. And so I say, Jesus, I pray a prayer of proximity and I ask for your nearness again. And if you're in this place and you say, how do I draw close? Pastor Drew, I'm not as close as I used to be or as I want to be today. How do I draw close? And I look at that scripture again. When the groom is taken away, they fast. When you feel like the distance between me and Jesus is getting further than it used to be, they fast. They start saying, I long for the groom more than I long for anything else. I long for it more than the cupcake. I long for it more than the coffee. I long for it more than the Netflix. I long for it more than the social media. I long for it more than the news. I just want to be close to God instead of being close to current affairs. I long for Him. And if my heart doesn't really long for Him, it's time for me to do with less of the world so that I restore myself to more of Jesus. Come on. That's what fasting is. Every time we sense Jesus isn't as near as we'd like, we can fast. Are you going through the motions with a spirit of religion, but passion's not in it? It's time to fast. 
Come on. If, if you need to hear his voice again, it's time to fast. If you need a miracle in your life, it's time to fast. Come on. Jesus said some things come out only by prayer and fasting. And we have seen more miracles and more testimonies in the month of January than any other month because together for 21 days we pray and fast. And if you've not done it, then you, this is your year. Say, I'm going to fast too. Come on. Repeat that after me. I'm going to fast too. Okay, you said it, not me. <laughs> Listen, this is when we draw close to God. And you might say, what is fasting? Fasting is a spiritual discipline Christians have been doing for, for ages. And it's doing without the world to draw closer to Jesus. It's literally if you have a volume knob on, on, on life, turn the world's volume down long enough to turn the volume of Jesus up. That's what fasting is. And so there's many different types of fasting. The Pharisees fasted too much twice a week. We fast too little, if we're honest. It's just like, it's not just once a year. Our Bible talks about there were corporate times of fasting where they said, call all of my people to fast together and repent. There are other times that the Bible said you should personally fast and nobody should know about it. We are calling a corporate fast every January for 21 days where you don't have to hide it from your neighbor sitting next to you. You can fast along with us, and we do this thing together. What is fasting is doing without the world to draw closer to Jesus. You can do that in a few different ways. You can give up food. Food is the most traditional type of fasting. You could, you could give up all solids and just do liquids for a while. Check with your doctor if you do that, and you will have headaches on day two through five. I've done it before. It gets better because you realize God is my sufficient supply. Not that hamburger. <laughs> Come on. Not mint chocolate chip ice cream. Hello, somebody hear me. Come on. Tell me. Y'all know mint chocolate chip the best. Y'all playing games up in here like I'm a strawberries and cream guy. Come on now. You don't know what you're missing. Miss it for 21 days and then return to it, okay? You could also fast other foods like a Daniel fast where I give up meats and sweets and I live off of fruits and vegetables and, and juices for 21 days. Many people like to do that. I found with a young family, the Jewish fast works well for me, which means... As long as the sun's up in the air, I eat no meals. It's all liquids. And so if you want to sneak in a meal before that sun comes up, <laughs> but most importantly, I, I'll eat a meal with my family so I still have the family together, but I'm honoring God through at least two-thirds or four-fifths of my day. Okay, you could do that one. You could fast one meal a day. So those are various food fast. There's also a social media fast where we say, I'm going to turn down the world's opinion and I'm going to turn up God's opinion, okay? And so you can lay down Facebook, go ahead and write a post that says, holla, see you in 21 days. I'm going to do more important things right now. I'm going to connect with God, a prayer of proximity. Come on. You could fast entertainment, turn off Netflix, turn off Hulu, and replace it with scripture or replace it with fellowship with other Christians. You can also fast games and game stations where you say I'm putting that away I am so proud of our soul youth they've already talked about fasting I drove here at 5 45 a.m. to this theater this morning with a soul youther in the car and I said are you fasting he said absolutely I'm not playing any video games for 21 days I'm just gonna spend time with Jesus I'm like come on bro look at that next generation if the next generation can do it we can too so here's what we will do for 21 days. I'm asking you to pick a fast. 
and do it with us for 21 days starting today. If you didn't have a heads up, that's okay. Pick up as soon as you can. And also, if you screw up at any time, we do not operate by a spirit of condemnation. We have a God who's for us, not against us. We do our best, and we try to honor him with our faith. And many of you can, you will make it. But if you don't, come on, get back up on that horse and let's ride again. Come on, because we believe God will reward faith. So for 21 days, pick a fast and pray with us. There, um, you could go to liftsby.com slash fast, and there's different types of fasts on there, as well as some other resources. Uh, we will also, from Monday through Friday, we will meet every week morning um, from 6 to 7 a.m. Before you go to work or before you go to school, come and join us at our annex because we like to spend an hour together in prayer uh, together. And so on Mondays and Wednesdays, we'll have our own uh, Lift Worship or Soul Youth live band on Mondays and Wednesdays leading us. I will lead Mondays. One of our pastors will lead Wednesdays. And come and pray with us. And if you don't know how to pray, learn to pray with us. We aren't going to call you out or put you on a microphone. I just want you to get close to God together. On Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, we will uh, um, connect with other churches and live stream in a really powerful resource. So any weekday that you can make, even if it's for the first 45 minutes, it's just good to worship and pray together. Also, we have prayer cards in the lobby. Fill out those because we will pray over those every single day. We, are, we have a prayer team that always prays for your prayer requests. But on those days, we will intercede every single day for those cards. Amen? Uh, so also, um, we will conclude the fast on Saturday, January 28th on a deeper night where we're going to have a worship night and just celebrate all the miracles and testimonies God has done. And that's a great opportunity to invite a friend. J just say, we're going to listen to a rock concert, okay? And they're going to find out we're going to worship Jesus, okay? They might get introduced to Jesus that night. But make plans to be in this room on Saturday, January 28th. And then the following day, we will celebrate the four-year anniversary of Lift Church and what God has done on that day. I can't wait to show you what he's done in 2022 as well as what he's done over the last four years and share some fresh vision on where we're going. If you have a friend and you want to invite him to church, that is a great day to invite him because I'm believing they're going to give their life to Jesus Christ, the greatest lift in life. Come on. I'm excited. So. Let me finish by saying this. Two things I'd pray from that scripture. Number one, Jesus, I pray that you come near. And when Jesus come near, fear gets far. Peace gets high. And joy gets rejuvenated. And so the second thing I'd pray is I look at him saying, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? They can't fast while they're with him. Why? Because Jesus was saying, I'm here with you, and I'm the one who turns weeping into dancing. I'm the one who turns mourning into joy. Come on. I'm the one who takes death, and I bring new life. I'm the one that when you're in your presence, when I'm in his presence, when he is near, come on, there's joy evermore. Come on. In your presence, oh God, there is fullness of joy at your right hand, oh God. There are pleasures evermore. And so the second thing I would pray is, God, I ask for the fullness of joy that comes in your presence. I ask you to draw near to me, but I also ask for the fullness of joy. Guys, if joy has been low, if fear has been high, 
can pray that first prayer because when Jesus comes near, perfect love casts out all fear. And when I've got Jesus right by my side, who conquered death in the grave, whom shall I fear? Come on. I got the life giver, the grave robber standing right next to me. And that brings joy. It rejuvenates my joy and it turns fear low. Come on. This is a year where we kick anxiety out of our life. This is a year we kick depression out of our life. This is a year we get our joy back. And how does it start? By drawing near to Jesus. Because as I draw near to him, he is the giver of life. And I'm believing this fast will restore not only proximity, but also fullness of joy for many of you. Ask your neighbor, do you receive that? Ask him, do you receive that? Then pray with me right now. Bow your heads and pray. Father, I thank you for every single person under the sound of my voice, both in person and online. God, I'm asking for your spirit to hover over us. God, would you give us the strength to say yes to a spiritual discipline of fasting? Father, we're going to change our pace so that we don't take for granted the things that matter most. And so, Father, as we do this, Father, I pray that you would spurn our heart right now of something we can fast, whether it be food, whether it be one meal, whether it be desserts, whether it be sodas, whether it be games, whether it be social media, entertainment. Speak to us, Lord. Give us courage to do it. Father, your word says we should replace those things with nearness to you, so prayer, scripture, generosity, serving. Father, help us make a difference and redeem our time as we draw close to you. Father, I thank you in advance for the testimonies we're going to hear, the celebrations we're going to hear, the miracles that have happened. Father, I thank you that in October you brought a woman to our church who said, I'm from out of town. But the last time I came, it was in January, and y'all were fasting, so I decided to fast with you all the way in mid-America. And the Lord healed my leg. I saw specialists, and I saw doctors after doctors, but when I fasted with you guys, God healed my leg. I am able to walk, and I am able, I am fully able and restored. God, we thank you that testimonies like that are coming. Healings are coming. Miracles are coming. Lost children are coming back home. In Jesus' name as we fast and pray because what we cannot do in our strength some things come on only by prayer and fasting so we look to you we thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus name with every head bowed and every eye still closed if you're in this place and you say Pastor Drew something is happening in my heart like I want to get to know God better I don't know him very well and I want to give him my life I want to go all in maybe he's warming your heart maybe you feel at the core of yourself that you're not right with God, but you feel like today is your day. I'm telling you not to ignore that because God is meeting with you right now telling you, I know you've messed up. I know you got sin in your life, but through repentance, we can be made whole. I can take the blemishes away. I can take the shame away. I can take the regret away if you would just call upon the name of the Lord. And so come on, on January 8, 2023. If this is your moment and God is drawing you near, whether it's for the first time or you're coming back to him another time, I'm not going to call you forward and I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you're in this place and you know God is touching you and you want to give your life to him, would you not hesitate but just throw your hand up into the air right now? Come on. I don't want you to be embarrassed before God to say, that's me. Include me in that prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I see your hands. Come on. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of your courage because God is doing a new work in your life. If you're online right now and you say, that's me. Come on. You can write in the chat. Include me too. I'm in because I I know God is touching you.
Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, that was music to my ears in 2022, and I'm so proud of you today for making that decision. Come on, if you raise your hand, I want you to pray, and the whole church is going to join you, and we're going to pray out loud. I can't make you believe it, but I can help you say it. Come on, church, let's say it together. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I am a sinner. I've done dumb things. I know I've hurt you. And I'm so sorry of the things I've done. Will you forgive me? I thank you that you're forgiving me now. I am made new. And I get a fresh start today. Because Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And when he died on that cross, and when he rose from that grave, he did it so that I could be free on this January 8th, 2023. I want to live for you. I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Come on, church. Get rowdy with me and help me celebrate our new brothers and sisters in Christ.